We are in the midst of a sermon series called the Songbook of Jesus. We are looking at some of the Psalms, not all of them, but some of them. We, uh, I, I, I hope that this series brings together or helps you understand the importance of the Old Testament. This, the Psalms are, is the worship, the, the hymnal, if you will, of the people of Israel. Jesus grew up singing, praying, meditating on these psalms. And when many of these psalms speak about him, and as he did so, he had to recognize uh, himself uh, in, in these psalms as he sang them, as he prayed them. Psalm 109 is referenced in his time that he spent on the cross. It's also referenced once in the book of Acts. But uh, I wanted to just present Psalm 109 to you as simply as I can to help you understand the power of it, especially in a time like ours, a time uh, of so much hostility and anger. Let me just start off by asking you a series of questions. Have you ever been treated unjustly? I, I think I heard a shout, an amen, a yes from Montevallo just then. Has anyone ever done you wrong? Uh, that one came from Columbiana. Yeah, yeah, I heard that, amen. Has anyone ever hurt you? Jemison, has anyone ever torn you down, wrongfully accused you, trashed your name and reputation? Look, I bet everyone watching today has suffered a personal injustice at some point in their life. I know I have. Maybe you're dealing with one right now. If so, and if you want to know how to handle personal injustice in a godly way, then Psalm 109 can help you. Psalm 109 is one of seven so-called imprecatory psalms. Imprecatory, that's easy for me to say, right? Imprecate. Imprecate means to invoke or call down evil or curses on another. David wrote five imprecatory psalms. Psalm 109 is one of them. We're not told what situation caused David to pour out his heart to the Lord like this, but David obviously felt that he was being, mis he was being treated unjustly. He was being wrongfully accused. He was being slandered. When you read the story of David's life, there is an episode in 2 Samuel 16 that tells a story about David and a situation that might have prompted him to write this particular psalm. In the context of the moment, David's son, Absalom, had rebelled against his father. And in order to avoid facing his own son on the battlefield, David ordered his army to retreat from Jerusalem into the countryside. And as they retreated, a man named Shimei began to throw stones at David, began to call David names. Shimei accused David of stealing the throne from Saul, the previous king, and murdering the family of Saul. Shimei said God was giving David a, a taste of his own medicine as a thief, as a murderer. And this verbal abuse Physical abuse continued for several miles as David and his army retreated. David's men wanted to kill Shimei to stop the insults, to stop the accusations, but David told them to leave his accuser alone, that they should leave the matter in the hands of God. David tells his men in 2 Samuel 16, 12, perhaps the Lord will see that I am being wronged and will bless me because of these curses today. Now, in my mind, David had the right and the means to wreak vengeance against this guy. But David chose not to. 
David chose to leave justice in the hands of the Lord. Maybe David remembered what the Lord had said in Deuteronomy 32-35. I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it. In their time, in due time, their feet will slip. Their day of disaster will arrive. And their destiny will overtake them. You see, David trusted God to keep His word. David trusted the Lord to do the right thing by him and by all concerned. Look, like all of us, David desires to see an end to injustice and mistreatment. Especially when we believe we're the ones being mistreated. And in Psalm 109, David gets real with God about his desire for justice. It's raw. It's shocking. You're not going to hear a lot of people memorize this passage of Scripture. But this passage of Scripture, Psalm 109, it's honest. And it's the Word of God. And we can learn a lot from it. So let's look at it today. I'm going to break it down into three parts. We'll read the psalm in three different sections, and I'll throw in a little commentary as we go to help you understand how it applies to us today in our situation. I want you to think about Jesus for just a moment, hanging on the cross, dying for the sins of mankind. And gathered around that cross were men like Shimei, wrongfully accusing Jesus of evil when all Jesus had ever done was good, hurling insults at the Son of God who willingly laid His life down as a sacrifice for the sins of mankind. They mocked Him. They humiliated Him. But yet Jesus, hanging on that cross, looked at Him, at them, as they did that, And he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. I I want us to think about, because that's, whenever I read this psalm, I'm thinking about Jesus hanging on the cross, taking all that abuse. Yeah, he trusts the Father to do what's right for him and for them. But let's read the psalm together. Let's pray first. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this word. I pray, God, that it would encourage us as we endure the abuse that may be coming our way. I pray, Lord, that you would challenge us to follow the example of Christ, who when he was reviled, did not revile again. When he was insulted, did not hurl insults back. When he was wronged, he didn't look for ways to get even. Help us to follow the example of Christ in the world we live in today for the glory of God, trusting God to do what's right, In Christ's name we pray, amen. Psalm 109 begins this way, for the director of music of David, a psalm. O God, whom I praise, do not remain silent, for wicked and deceitful men have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues. With words of hatred they surround me. They attack me without cause. In return for my friendship they accuse me, but I'm a man of prayer. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. In these first five verses, David defines his problem. He's under attack by people who don't care what they say or do. Truth doesn't seem to matter to his accusers, and neither does right or wrong. These accusers intend to destroy David no matter what it takes to do it. Maybe some of us have had this same kind of experience. 
for some reason, known only to them, someone begins to slander you. Someone begins to attack your character. Someone begins to tear down your reputation. Someone begins to mistreat you. Well, David's first response to injustice and the attacks of his enemies is not to take matters into his own hands. Instead, David's first response is to pray. God, uh, David looks to God for help. In verses 4 and 5, it's obvious that David tried to remedy this situation for himself, but it had no effect. It didn't work. He tried to respond to his accusers the right way. It didn't change the thing, anything. He prayed, but it didn't help. He followed Proverbs 15.1 that says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. He tried it. It didn't help. He obeyed God, when he, Jesus, when He says in Matthew 5.45, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. But it didn't work. Nothing changed. Nothing happened. Look, I, I imagine some of you feel that very same way today. You've been mistreated. You've been wrongfully accused. And you've done everything you can to come to terms with the people involved in your mistreatment. But nothing seems to have worked. What now? What do you do now? Well, here's what David does. David gets raw and he gets honest with God. This is a passage of Scripture that's really hard for us to hear. It's hard for us to listen to. It's hard for us to believe that this comes from the Word of God. But here it is. And we're going to read it because it is the Word of God. Verse 6, David turns to God and he says this. He prays this. Appoint an evil man to oppose him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him be found guilty, and may his prayers condemn him. May his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their ruined homes. May a creditor seize all he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. May his descendants be cut off, their names blotted out from the next generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. May the the sin of his mother never be blotted out. May their sin always remain before the Lord that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. For he never thought of doing a kindness but hounded to death the poor and the needy and the brokenhearted. He loved to pronounce a curse. May it come on him. He found no pleasure in blessing. May it be far from him. He wore cursing as his garment. It entered his body like water into his bones like oil. May it be like a cloak wrapped about him, like a belt tied forever around him. May this be the Lord's payment to my accusers, to those who speak evil of me. Now the only reason we might want to memorize this passage of Scripture is because we have felt like this before and it would be good to get this kind of stuff off of our chest. David calls out imprecations upon his accusers. He calls down curses and evil. Man, it's raw. It's honest. But I guarantee you we've all been there. In verses 6 and 7, David prays that his accuser would be declared guilty here and now in human courts, not just later when he stands before the Lord in eternity. In verses 8 and 9, David prays his accuser would lose his life prematurely. By the way, it's this verse that's quoted in Acts 1.20 as the disciples look for someone to replace Judas. In verses 10 through 13, David prays that his accuser would lose all of his wealth and that his children would lose all of their inheritance. 
In verses 14 through 16, David prays that the Lord will condemn even the accuser's family. In verses 17 through 19, David then asks that every curse thrown in his direction by the accuser would then boomerang on the accuser. Verse 20 kind of sums it all up for us. It sums up for us this part of David's prayer. May this be the Lord's payment to my accusers, to those who speak evil of me. Are you shocked? Are you shocked that David would speak like this to the Lord? Are you surprised that David would pray like this? Are you surprised that David would ask such things of the Lord? Can I remind you of something, though? May I remind you of something? God himself has promised to deal harshly with those who mistreat other people. God himself has promised to deal harshly with all those who act unjustly toward others. Proverbs 17, 12 says, Evil will never leave the house of one who pays back evil for good. You see, this is the destiny of every man who refuses to repent and trust Christ Jesus for salvation. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is condemnation. The wages of sin is broken relationships. The wages of sin is fatherless homes, lost wealth. The wages of sin is a life without blessing. The wages of sin is an eternity without God. Now, it may seem shocking to us that David is asking and praying to the Lord in this way. But David is really asking for something the Lord has already promised to everyone who refuses to repent and believe in Christ Jesus. Think about that for just a minute. The next time you're prone to misjudge somebody, accuse someone, launch an attack against someone's reputation. If not for Christ Jesus, you would be lost in your sin too. So David calls out imprecations. But then we see in the last part of Psalm 109, verses 21 to 31, David commits it all to the Lord. He commits his hurt to the Lord. He commits this injustice to the Lord. David commits the whole matter to the Lord. And it's in this part of Psalm 109 that displays for us the right attitude, the right reaction, and the right way to handle this kind of situation when we find ourselves being personally mistreated. I believe this is what Christ was clinging to when he was hanging on that cross for our sins, enduring the humility and the unjust treatment that he was experiencing. Verse 21 says, But you, O sovereign Lord, deal well with me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I fade away like an evening shadow. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees give way from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me in accordance with your love. Let them know that it is in that it is your hand, that you, O Lord, have done it. They may curse, but you will bless. When they attack, they will be put to shame, but your servant will rejoice. 
My accusers will be clothed with disgrace and wrapped in shame as in a cloak. With my mouth I will greatly extol the Lord, and the great throng I will praise Him, for He stands at the right hand of the needy one to save His life from those who condemn Him. You see, David refuses to take the situation in his own hands. In verse 21, he leaves it with the Lord. But you, sovereign Lord, deal well with me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. You see, when we try to get even, when we try to wreak vengeance on those who have hurt us, we only take matters out of the hands of God and we make it all worse. Romans 12, 19 says, Don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. David also realizes that God's name is involved in this. Listen to me carefully here. God's name is involved in this. When God's people are mistreated, when they are treated unjustly, God is also being treated unjustly. You see, our problems become God's problems. Do you remember the the Apostle Paul's conversion experience in Acts uh, chapter 9? Acts chapter 9, verses 3 and 5, tells us that as Paul was nearing Damascus on his mission, a brilliant light from heaven suddenly beamed down upon him. And Paul fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, sir? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus the one you are persecuting. You see, Saul thought he was persecuting Christians, but when he was persecuting Christians, he was also persecuting Christ. When people mistreat you and me, they're also mistreating Jesus too. In verses uh, 26 through 27, David writes and says, Help me, O Lord my God. Save me in accordance with your love. Let them know that it is your hand, that you, O Lord, have done it. You know what David's saying here? Can I just paraphrase it a little bit and put it in Mark's literal translation, if you will? David says, God, you have to deal with this. Because it's your name and your reputation that are on the line here, God. Not just mine. God, you take this situation and you do what you need to do for your glory. Am I good? God, give us the faith to respond to our accusers as David did. God, give us the faith to respond to our accusers as Jesus did, trusting God. I want to just leave you a little action plan, if you will. It's a really simple little action plan. Because if you're facing a situation in your own life right now, or as you probably will in the future, I want you to take home or think about, meditate on this little action plan that will, that will help you deal with your accusers and unjust treatment as both David and Jesus did. First, when you find yourself being mistreated, when you find people accusing you falsely, pray. Pray. Go to God and commit that injustice and commit those feelings that you have. And those are legitimate feelings Commit those feelings to the Lord. Tell Him what's going on. Tell Him how you feel. Secondly, refuse to retaliate. Refuse to retaliate. Do nothing out of vengeance. Do nothing to get even. 
Do nothing to get them back. Do nothing. As a matter of fact, I have this, I practice this. A.W. Tozer says one of the five things, five vows that he made, never defend yourself. Because if you've done something wrong, it's not worth defending. If you haven't done anything wrong, let, Lord, let the Lord be your defense. Do nothing to retaliate. Do nothing out of vengeance. Do nothing to get even. Instead, give God the opportunity to work in this situation for his glory and your good. I want to remind you what Peter talked about in 1 Peter chapter 3. The church was undergoing incredible persecution. Nero had assumed the throne and he was blaming Christians for all of his stupidity. Peter writes to the church, that early church, suffering so much persecution, undergoing so many, so many uh, false accusations, mistreatment. And he says to them this, do not repay evil with evil. Do not repay insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Let me repeat that. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called. To this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. If you want to live in the blessing of the Lord, you have to live the Lord's way. And the Lord's way is to bless and not curse. To trust the Lord. To do what's best for his glory and your good. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you for your mercy and your kindness that meets us. No matter where we're at. No matter what condition we're in. No matter what circumstance we find ourselves to be in. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for your people who have gathered all over the world on this first day of the week to celebrate you. So many are undergoing so much persecution, so much hardship in your name. And I pray wherever they gather today that they would be infused with a supernatural strength that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt today that you are for them, not against them. That they would know today that they have everything they need for life and godliness and help them, oh God, today to stand firm in the truth that you have their lives securely in your hands. But Lord, I know today that there's someone watching this video, watching me on Facebook or on YouTube today that have heard this word today and they're being mistreated even now. They're being falsely accused even now. There are people trying to shred their reputation even now. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen them today to live in obedience to your word that says we are to bless and not curse, that we are not to trade insult with insult. But instead, Father, help us to leave these matters in your hands, trusting that you will do the right thing, the good thing, the loving thing, for your good, for, for our good and your glory. Let us, O oh God, experience the fullness of the blessing that we have been promised in Christ Jesus. Lord, we simply want to represent you well in this world, so full of hatred, so full of anger, so full of vitriol. Help us, Lord Jesus, to shine like stars in a midnight sky for your glory today as we live 
obedience to you. And I pray a blessing upon all of us that commit ourselves to that. In Christ's name I pray, amen.